モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. Um, I am Shidoshi, and I am joined as always by two fabulous hosts, and I will not question that one. Anne, hello, Anne. Hello. And Brian, hi, Brian. Hello. So it's been a while.、Um, I think it was October when we did our last show, and the problem was then the next month, of course, you have Thanksgiving. Well, well two of us do. Two of us in the. Proper parts of the world. I don't know, Anne. Do, do you have Thanksgiving down there? Do you know what Thanksgiving is? Have you ever heard of this holiday? I remember a time when I celebrated Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, we don't. They don't have it down here in Australia. And I, I could do it, I guess. You know, I could find a chicken and, or a turkey, maybe. See, oh my, see, you are a fake American. <laughs> yeah, no, I, ha- I don't celebrate it now that I'm down here. <laughs> It's a shame. Thanksgiving is so wonderful with all the food and everything.、Uh, but so we had that in, in November. And then, of course, December, we had Christmas, which kind of was a big deal, too. And I'm sure you have Christmas down there. <laughs> oh, no. You, oh, you don't because your, your seasons are switched around. So you have like, Christmas in July. Is that how it is? Oh,、uh, well, we do. Yeah, we have Christmas in December, but it feels like it's July. So, yeah. It's not. That's fine because it's the exact same way for us in California here.、So. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet.、Um, so we had Christmas, and some people were busy and, you know, with family things and Christmassy things and things like that. And time just gets away from you. And now it's January, and we're finally, finally going back to doing a show. So, how have you two been? Brian, Brian how, how have things been going? Good. I don't know what to say. That is, the worst, I,、uh, that is the worst answer, just good. <laughs> well,、um, you know, it, it, things, are, things are good. I'm alive. <laughs> that, is, that is good. <laughs> yes. But,、uh, you know, it's just that, like, after Christmas period where things get really busy. And so I am actually, like, stressed out now, but not literally right now. But,、um, Yes, I'm looking forward to another vacation already. <laughs> I, I think after Christmas is the absolute worst time in the world. Because there,、uh. there's like, and you know, I mean, I'm not like super religious, but I was still, we still had Christmas.、Um, and if you're an American, maybe you don't understand because there's this thing in America where it's like Christmas isn't, isn't a day, it's like a two month period、yes. where things really start ramping up. And there's just this. 
whole thing about Christmas is coming and everything changes and all the decorations and lights and and TV specials and big sales and like all this stuff leading to Christmas and you get to Christmas and because it's Christmas and then New Year's a week later, some people get like a week off, you know, you got these nice vacations. And then she's like, and, and you had you had the Halloween, which is fun. And then next month you had Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then next month you have Christmas. So it's just this big ramping up all this excitement. And then you just get past Christmas and it's just all over. Then you're depressed. And you're really depressed. You're yeah. like, everything's just <laughs> over. And you take the tree down, all the excitement and all your presents are opened. And it's just, it's just done. And being an American, our holiday system's all screwed up because the, the next holiday for us really is 4th of July. So we have like six months. Yeah. I mean, Valentine's Day is in there. But that's not like a day off. It's or... not really a day off. It's not like a holiday. <laughs> and you've got St. Patrick's Day, which is an excuse to get drunk, you know, if you're into that kind of thing. But like for real holidayness, it's not until I, I would consider 4th of July. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I shouldn't. I'm, it's, I'm doing well. Let's just say I'm I'm stressed out about work, but I'm enjoying life otherwise. And I'm actually playing a lot more games than I have in a long time. Oh. So that is exciting me. That's good. Yeah. So so you work in a job that like gets busy after the holidays? Um, no, it's just I'm a freelancer and it's just the way things worked out. And it, okay. it's really good. I like got new work right around Christmas, but the problem is that it just has snowballed since you know like I took two weeks off or tried to and then um now that I'm back it's all kind of on my lap <laughs> I don't know if I've ever known this like if you want to say what what do you do for work I, I am a freelance writer and uh I write for a lot of like trade publications um I don't know if that means anything to anyone it's basically like business to business a lot of associations um so you know, it's it's nice work. It's just it can be stressful. So we're all three writers. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anne, what about you? Well, mm, the holidays are a bit weird for me now because I'm of course in Australia and my family's over in the U.S. And um, last year I went home for Christmas, but I can't afford to go back every year. So we decided to stay here. And uh, my husband's family doesn't celebrate Christmas, not because they're, I, I don't know, anti-Christmas or anything. Just they, they're from Malaysia and they didn't grow up celebrating it. So it's just me and him. And I'm really big into Christmas because my family is. So we kind of try to do a little thing with just the two of us. But it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, like trying to replicate the the festivity, like I put up a little fake tree and, you know, put the Christmas music on and then we give each other like two little things and we're like, yay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, I did attempt to cook a turkey for the first time. I got it special and that was fun. It was quite good. I really like turkey. So <laughs> do they have turkeys in Australia? Yeah, you can get them around the holidays and from special, um, you know, butchers. Huh. But not many people eat them at all. I mean, even cooking, it was horrible because it's the middle of summer here and it's quite hot, like 90s, <laughs> you know. And so I'm cooking this turkey in the oven all day and that just makes our air-conditionless <laughs> apartment even hotter. So that was fun. I'm sweating cooking this turkey. <laughs> but, yeah. So did you get like a, a really like a full-size turkey? Uh, I'm not sure what full size is. This one was like um, three and a half kilos. I don't I forget how oh, many pounds gosh. that would be. 
know. Kilos. You're speaking in those string, yeah. strange yeah. tongues. Okay, let's see. And everybody's like yelling at us right now. So 3.5. <laughs> it's about seven pound turkey. Um, eight pound turkey. I'd, hmm. Is that on the small side? I mean, we tried to get it, the smallest one we could. <laughs> I, I feel like it's on the small side for getting a full turkey. Yeah. But I think you're crazy for getting a full turkey because like I, I, I make Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner, but I never go full turkey. I just get like they have the like turkey breast things oh, roasts yeah. you can get. And I just do that. Oh. Um, yeah. Because wow, that's a big turkey for two people. Well, if I'm going to go big, I'm going to you know, go, go home. home. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had um, turkey sandwiches and turkey dinners and turkey soup for about three or four days. <laughs> and we did eat it all, actually. I think I had to throw out a tiny bit, but we ate most of it. <laughs> so, huh. you know, we got our fix. And then for another year, maybe two years, we probably won't have any. No, it's um, it's really it's it, it's weird because like I didn't grow up in a super big family or anything, but we I still had family and I still had relatives we went and saw, and so Christmas was always kind of you know Christmas Eve or Christmas Day one of the two. You'd always go over and you meet up with like your aunts and 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 you know their kids and the grandparents and everything have this kind of big like family thing together, and then on Christmas Day. It'd be in my mom, my my brother, whoever else was around the family, you know, grandma, aunt, whatever, come to our house, and we would do that. And so when you when you try to replicate that, when it's just you and your significant other and like your pet, um, it it is really weird, and and it can it's it can be a little depressing for me sometimes. I don't know because like you kind of like you have this for me. I this this whole thing because like just growing up, my mom was always about just making everything feel festive and we'd bake cookies and we'd play Christmas music and we'd decorate and we'd do all these things for, for Christmas. And so I try to do that, but then Christmas hits and we get up in the morning and we open our presents and then we're kind of like, okay, now what do we do? You know, yeah. like, like, really, really like what, what do you do on Christmas when it's like you see you and your significant other? Mm, yeah. Because you have, you have like this whole idea of what Christmas is, like spending time with family and everything, at least for me. And so it's tough. It's tough because you just kind of, you, I don't know what to do with that day. Yeah, sure. I mean, that that's how we feel, uh, I think. And um, But it, with me, it was always just me and my parents, and we never really ever went to visit any other relatives hmm. for either Thanksgiving huh. or Christmas because everybody mm-hmm. lives so far away. So I, I think I'm always used to the small thing. But still, it, yeah, it felt kind of like I was, like, pushing a bit too hard just to try to make it festive. Like, what can we do to be right. festive, yep. you know? <laughs> but um, we did find this thing that they got this weird, like, light, you know, christmas light contest. Like, people will do up their houses and enter this contest. And they have a map online, and you can find these houses and go see them. So we actually did that on Christmas Eve, and that was, like, our thing. So we drove around and looked at all these really gaudy, lit-up houses. <laughs> And it's really, it's kind of pathetic, though. There's no snow or anything, and it's, like, hot and summery. And so, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer, too, actually, now that I think of it. But <laughs> it, 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 it's really weird for me because I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm used to snow and cold for Christmas. So being in L.A., is it's really bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm going to ask you, before we get to the games, we're getting there. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. We are getting there. But um, since your husband's from Malaysia... Um, I'm curious because I know like in Japan, Christmas is really weird Yeah. because they know what Christmas is. They've kind of brought some of it over to them, but they don't totally get the whole Christmas idea. And 
in Japan, like the big thing for Christmas dinner is um, KFC. Really? Yeah, like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like that's that's their their big thing for um, Christmas dinner. <laughs> like I, I think the Christmas Eve usually is when you get it. That's, that's when we get it, and so it's like a, it's like this tradition. And what it is is KFC just in Japan decided to tell everybody, hey. Christmas tradition is getting our food and eating with your family. <laughs> um, but then, like, Christmas Eve is, like, a couple's thing. Mm. Like, you're supposed to be with your couple on Christmas Eve and, and spend time together and give each other presents and stuff. So, like, that, that's kind of the big thing in, in Japan. So, I mean, I, I, I know, like, in Malaysia, they might not have what we consider to be Christmas, but are there any of those kind of, like interesting twists on on christmas or is it just kind of a day they know about but don't really do much with oh i couldn't even tell you honestly because i don't know enough about malaysia to to answer that and he wouldn't either because he grew up in australia so uh, i don't know i i think plenty of malaysians celebrate christmas the kind of traditional western way though and i i've seen lots of um well, I guess this is an anecdote. I was going to say, I've seen lots of Christmas decorations, like photos from Malaysia, but in Japan they do that too, and that it doesn't mean that they're not weird about how they celebrate Christmas in Japan. So I guess, yeah, it's hard to say. I really don't know. <laughs> so what's next about games? So, Brian, what did you get for Christmas? Well, actually, I didn't get any game-related gifts for Christmas, but I ended up using like bir- a Christmas birthday, uh, Christmas money on a shit ton of games, <laughs> um, like uh, some a, a bunch of DS games, some PC Engine games, uh, a couple 3DS games. So I don't know if that sounds like anything, but. Anyway, I went a little crazy. So what did you get? Um, well, for uh, the DS games, I got a lot of... They're all Japanese. I got Seventh Dragon. I mean, and here's the thing. I'm not going to be able to play most of these with any, you know, uh, actual knowledge for, any, for some time. But I still bought them because I wanted them and I had the money. So I bought them. So I got uh, Seventh Dragon. I got the Japanese version of Soul Bubbles, if you know that game. Yep, yep. Um, I've just been obsessed with the box art for years. So it's like, I saw it, I bought it. Um, there's another game that I don't even really know what it's about. It's called Dungeons and Dam. Um, I just have liked the looks of it. So I bought that. Uh, I bought, uh, Nora in the Time Studio. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not sure I know that one. It's like, it's an Atlas game, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's that one. Um, got some of right. the people who work on the Atelier games helped out with it. Yeah. So it's right, like a mixture right. of those um, two. Yeah, I picked I mean, that, that up one in abso- Yeah, I think you spurred me to do it. And, <laughs> I, and I've always loved the art of it. I mean, I'm, not, I'm literally not going to be able to play it anytime soon because I can't imagine playing that kind of game in Japanese with very little knowledge. But I still, I was like, someday I'm going to be able to play it. So I'm buying it. Uh, and then I bought a game called uh, Zombie Daisuke. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have heard that. So those are the DS games. Mm. But then I bought some others too. But that's I've been really obsessed with the DS for some reason. So there you go. 
Because it's awesome. Yeah. It is. But I'm like having a little like, uh, I don't know, second wind. I, I don't know. I, I love the 3DS so much. And then I've been thinking about the DS. And I was like, oh, there are all these games that I meant to buy and I never did. And so now I'm trolling eBay like every day looking, like, oh, <laughs> that one. I could buy that one. That's what I'm getting a little bit worried about. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I need to start snapping up some of these DS games I'm still missing. Yeah. Because of like how hard it might start getting to be to find them yeah. for good prices. Yeah. Um, and did you get anything? Uh, like Brian, I don't think I really got anything on Christmas Day. Uh, my birthday is very close to Christmas, so I'm going to count one that I got for my birthday, which was I finally got Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh. So oh. I haven't played it yet, but I'm excited to try it. Um, I've heard mixed things. People have said that the game itself is really great, but the controls are kind of wonky and hard to get used to. So, But I like the looks of it, and I, I love the dialogue from what I've seen uh, from videos. So, um, Also, I finally picked up El Shaddai, which is another one that's gotten mm. mixed reception, but I've been kind of interested in trying out myself. And I like the fact that they took... Um, this sort of Christian mythology um, and, you know, use it in a game because you don't see that that often or at least, you know, taking it seriously and kind of expanding on it. So that will be interesting. And finally, I picked up just just the UMD of um, Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which mm, I've been wanting yeah. to play for a while and I'm on a Falcom kick these days. So it, it, just the local EB happened to have it, you know, UMD only it was $4. And I thought, well, I really wish I had, you know, the full box, but I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> so and huh. that's about it. Oh, no, I got um an Otome game for the PS Vita called Amnesia, oh. not the horror game Amnesia. This is the boys, <laughs> love, not boys love, Otome game, you know, dating sim Amnesia, but... Uh, I really want to play an Otome game on the Vita, honestly. So I'm pretty psyched for playing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly, doesn't count, but I was playing um, Sweet Fuse on the Vita. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played that on my Vita, too. Yeah, that's kind of Still nice. I love being able to take screenshots. That's like the best thing. Yeah, but I use that way too much. (laughs) I'm finding out. (laughs) It's like anything I find funny or interesting, I'll, I'll just take screenshots of. (laughs) <laughs> um for me i bought some games i really didn't get i, I got stuff for christmas but not really like game wise and probably the problem was i got my ps4 so that was kind of a big purchase that avoided a lot of game receiving for christmas uh, but there was a big sale on the nintendo eShop around christmas time so i bought two of the sega 3d Classic releases. I got Space Harrier and Sonic the Hedgehog. Hmm. And then I got two of the Guild games. Those were the Guild collections in Japan. I got the Starship Damaray and Attack of the Friday Monsters, <laughs> which I think neither one of you have, have ever heard of. No, I don't. What, what is that? <laughs> and then I finally picked up the, the 3DS version of Cave Story. So, oh. But there's two Cave Stories on 3DS. There's the cartridge version and the download version. Oh, uh, well, I and think the, ca- the cartridge version even has a download version. <laughs> Possibly. Which it might, yeah. But the cartridge version was like a remake where they went through and kind of like redid the graphics and polygons and everything yeah. like that. And the one I got was the actual like the, the 2D pixely kind of game. 
Yeah, I hear um, you're not supposed to pick up the 3D version. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's what I've heard. And then on the... Did I get anything interesting PlayStation-wise? Was there anything else I got? I feel like there might have been something. Um, I don't know, because I've gotten some games through work, so I'm trying to get I'm a little confused as which ones I got where. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much my, my gaming that I got for the holidays. Oh, you just reminded me, though, there's a great sale going on PSN this week, actually, um, until next Tuesday, where there's, like, something like 14 games for... 14 for 14. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I got uh, Tales of Exilia for $10 on that, so... $10? Yes, and then I remember um, Nino Kuni was, like, $9 over the holidays. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so there's... There, there were some really crazy sales. Uh, what is, let's see, I don't know if our next news story is crazy or not, because I <laughs> did not look at our show notes. Uh, next news story, it could be crazy. It is. It could be terrible. We don't know. But Namco Bandai has put up a teaser page saying Momo is back. <laughs> and that Momo is, of course, Wonder Momo, a character from... An arcade game that was released way back in, I don't remember. Oh, don't ask me. Was it like 86 or something like that? Um, <laughs> super, super old arcade game. What was interesting was there, was there was an arcade version, and then there was a PC Engine port the following year. I think it was 86, 87. And then the, nothing else done with the series at all until... 2007 or so when they released the game again on the virtual console for the Wii, both the arcade version and the PC engine version. And Wonder Woman was interesting because it was this game where uh, it's kind of like a side scrolling action game. We have this female character and her main attack is a kick and she's like kicking space aliens until she builds up a meter so that she can turn into Wonder Momo, her kind of like <laughs> super-powered alter ego. And then when she does that, she has armor and a big hula hoop. And she can throw the hula hoop at people. Um, but what was unique about it was it played out like a stage play. Like if you know them about Japan, they have these kind of events where you go and sit in the audience. And it's like Ultraman or Power Rangers or whatever. And they do this kind of like live action drama of them fighting the bad guys and all the kids in the, the crowd are, are you know clapping and cheering or booing for the bad guys or whatever so it, it the game's like a, a it's stage play um which it's kind of unique but like i said it, it's not there was, there was that one game they never did anything else about it but then earlier last year namco bandai released this site and i am completely blanking on what it's called but they put up a bunch of comics for various Namco Bandai games. Hmm. And they brought back uh, some of their retro games um, in that fashion. So they actually, there's currently an ongoing Wonder Momo comic, but now they're saying that she is back. There's, it's wondermomo.jp. We think we're going to get a brand new game, but Brian, here's my question. <laughs> Do we get a real game? Is this going to be something fun that we're going to care about? Or is this a a throwaway <laughs> mobile title, or B a pachinko machine? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna guess A, but you never know. 
it's uh, it's a weird i mean it's a weird game to bring back well if they like totally reimagined it i mean like i always thought the thing that was sad about it was i have the pc engine game um and i like the art and I like i like the character well enough right. although I, I guess maybe she's kind of dated by this point but um, you know, the game itself was kind of terrible, even though it was it was interesting. It was not really fun to play. So if they like reimagined it and, you know, she's still the main character, I could see it being interesting. But um, personally, my expectations are very low. <laughs> the site, by the way, is Shifty, Shifty Look, ShiftyLook.com. Huh. Um, and they have, I mean, the games they have on here are like, where's the comic set? have tower of babel huh. they have bravo man like nobody cares about bravo man <laughs> wonder momo dragon spirit dig dug uh rocket fox sky kid Zevius, tower of babel huh. valkyrie so they have like a lot of like these classic titles going back i mean i i think there's so much potential in the character of wonder momo like you could do some really fun things with it if if you kind of have this like retro 80s anime fun you know kind of feel to it but then make it actually be a good game i think you could do some really cool things but i'm just worried that that that's not what they're going to do yeah and are you interested at all i don't know about enough about wonder momo to be interested honestly because <laughs> Her weapon is a hula hoop. <laughs> well, she does she look pretty cute. People. I mean, I've seen pictures. And, uh, so, but <laughs> what my question is, is, I mean, all of the Japanese companies are kind of guilty of making mobile games out of everything these days. But has Namco specifically, it's Namco bringing it out, right? Or they're the one with the yeah. site. It, are they particularly... Um, Bad with that? I mean, I it, like Square Enix is you know burned a lot of people, but I, I'm just curious, like if if we're hypothesizing if it could be something like a crappy card game mobile thing. That I don't know if that's something that Namco is doing a lot of. I can't recall. Well, I I know that we just reviewed uh, Ridge Racer Slipstream, and I've not played it in myself, but from my understanding of of my coworker who has. It's actually a decent game. Its problem was they kind of went the free to free to play route, oh. and that kind of uh, limits it a little bit. But that you can play the entire game without actually having to pay any money if you want to. It's actually a good game. So that's my only really knowledge of their mobile efforts. So you know maybe it's maybe maybe it's fair to say they they might try. I don't know. Mm. I hope so. I, just, I love that that 80s anime you know that we've kind of gotten away from just that 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 there was just a joy and such a wonder about it you know um mm -hmm. and i think it's gonna be really cool but we'll have to wait and find out and uh i don't know i don't even know what to say about this next series <laughs> i was trying to think of a good thing but i i don't know what i think of this so i'm gonna let brian oh since it's purple and purple is his color you know i don't have the uh show notes <laughs> open right now um it's it's a game about girls and they all have one very big thing in common well i know which one it is i can't remember the names though that's what i'm saying oh, okay uh so, well I'll, I'll help you cheat then so we got well there's a number of games we'll start with senran kagura shinku 
and Dekamori Senran Kagura. Yes. The first one being for 3DS, second one for PS Vita. <laughs> so, uh, I, it's funny because I actually have very little interest. Well, it's not funny. I mean, why would I have interest in this series? But, um, <laughs> like, I, I'm curious that they exist, and so I like them in that way. I, I So I'm curious about them, and I'm, of course, curious about the, like, rhythm cooking game. Um, although... <laughs> I saw gameplay footage of it, and it. Uh, I hope it look. I hope it is more interesting in the end than the gameplay video that I saw because it didn't look like there was much to do other than I think you were hitting a button now and then, and then hoping that one of them became naked at some point. Well, that, um, now to be fair, I've not seen the video you saw, <laughs> but I saw screenshots where it looked like there was combinations of buttons and directions. Yeah, and they seem to be coming in very fast order. But um, what you were saying is that so, <laughs> and this is a real premise. So, okay, the Senran Kagura games I've not played them yet. From my understanding, is it's action side scrolling game or something like that. It's uh, very busty ninjas fighting very busty ninjas, and there's some sort of clothing removal at some point. Um, but this time around, they decided that they were going to battle each other by having a cooking competition like an Iron Chef kind of thing. And obviously the only way you'd play a cooking competition game is via rhythm action. Uh, so it's a <laughs> rhythm music cooking action game. And if, 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 you, if you fail too much, um, your clothing magically rips off. Somehow. That's what happens yes. to me whenever I burn something yes. on the stove. That, that's what happened on Christmas, is you were trying to make that turkey, it didn't go well. <laughs> And you have like, you know, I don't even know what music you listen to. You had something interesting on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just have to say I played Senran Kagura. So it's as bad as you've described. <laughs> I mean, the people, people love to defend that game and it really irritates me because they say, oh, the girls have personalities. And, you know, yeah, they do. And there is some kind of dumb <laughs> anime story there. But, like, you know, everybody knows why you're playing it. And, you know, it's marketed in a certain way. And you can buy busty figurines and take their clothes off and all that. It's just uh, it's too much. <laughs> so, um yeah, I, I'm i surprised that it's popular enough that they're making more of them. But, I mean, it's got an anime. It's got, as I said, tons of figurines that come out and people buy them. And Wait, so wait. I... Did, did you say that you're surprised <laughs> that it's popular? Uh, <laughs> I guess I yeah, shouldn't. I'm not should either. I? All right. Hmm. <laughs> now, as a quick aside, because this is, this is really strange. So that, that game is coming from Marvelous AQL. But Marvelous AQL also announced another music rhythm game. And the game is coming from the producer of Senran Kagura. So this is weird. So they're, they're doing two music rhythm games and both have some kind of tie to the Senran Kagura series. But the other one is actually called IA slash VT Colorful. Oh, and it's based around a Japanese Vocaloid called IA. And I'm really big on the Vocaloid scene, but I've never actually heard of this character because typically I stick to the Krypton Future Media um, Vocaloids, which is, of course is 
Atune Miku and Megarine Luca and then the the twins, Rin and Lin and those kind of those kind of singers. Um but this is from a different company. And so I've never actually heard of her. And so this is gonna be a music rhythm game also on the Vita. <laughs> so with the game we'll talk about later, that's that's at least three different music rhythm games coming to this platform. Um so this is based around the vo- this Vocaloid and it seems a little less um bustiful which is which is which is nice <laughs> and it looks really cool so i'm 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 very interested in that and i'm weirdly interested in this senron game just because it's a music rhythm game and i i will give it a chance because of that <laughs> i'm not expecting much but so what about this the 3ds game do you know anything about that brian um you mean the sequel is that what it is uh the the one that you already talked about right well, because there, there's, there's two, right? There's, um, though, hey, there, there's the Senran Kagura Shinku. Yes. What is that? That is, it's like a sequel to the first 3DS game, which, like Anne said, is, I think it's just a brawler, like yeah. a final fight. Um, I mean, I only know a little bit because it's, that's really not my genre, but I think it's just a beat 'em up and, as you're beating people up, their clothes rip off and their huge breasts fly oh, out. Oh, but this this is this is big news because they are they are blazing trails <laughs> never blazed before. All maybe, right, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, two new characters in the game are going to be guys. <gasps> I didn't think that was allowed in this series. So yeah, the, you'll be controlling a guy beating up all the women. I don't know how that works i would say okay. probably not because that would be <laughs> kind of weird yeah well i don't know how they're going to handle that because all i imagine hmm, i have i haven't actually watched the footage if they've shown any um footage of the game but in the original game you're fight so you've got the good ninjas kind of in the bad ninjas and they fight each other so you can play the good ninja route and then you fight all the bad ninjas and you play the bad ninja route, and then the bosses are all the good ones, and they're all women. So I imagine huh. if you got two, and if they're sticking with the good ninja, bad ninja scenario, then you'd have one guy on one side and one guy on the other side. So, I mean, unless they only just fight each other, eventually they're going to have to fight <laughs> the women, right? But um, have huh. they announced that the men get their clothes ripped off? Because if they don't, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, so are they like super like well endowed, and then do their clothes get like ripped off, like to have balance to this game? Um, yeah, I mean, I only heard that there were men in it. I didn't read beyond that. I hate, <laughs> I'm sad to say. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it. I can't see if you can actually play as the. Well, look, her top's coming off. Um, <laughs> I can't see if you can play her as. So okay, here's what I understand. Here's I don't, and maybe this is the wrong group to be trying to figure this one out <laughs> but um i understand breasts i understand guys liking breasts i completely understand that but what i don't understand because i watched the promotional video for the music rhythm game and it was like every single girl in the game had the exact same size chest they were like double e's or whatever they were like I don't get that. Like, like it reminds me also of like Dead or Alive, like where every girl has the, the kind of almost the exact mm. same body proportions. Like, how is that interesting? I mean, don't you want like variety? Why do you have like all the characters look the exact same and be endowed in the exact same way? 
I think you're talking to the wrong people because <laughs> none of us can answer that question. <laughs> but um, hmm, I don't know. I think the same thing. If if you are if you are a listener who who likes games filled with girls who have the exact same gigantic cup sizes, you can email us in and explain to us why that is appealing to you. Because I don't get it. I wouldn't expect any emails, but you never know. <laughs> I, I don't. You never know. Uh, so I mentioned a third music rhythm game for the, the Vita. So let's talk about that because there were, there were some good games that were announced. Yes. So Atlas had this big event in Japan recently. And they're like, we got a big announcement. It's Persona related. You're going to want to come see this. And they had like people standing out in major areas of different Japanese cities, watching it on like this video screen and everything. And they spent an hour like announcing every game except the one you thought it would be, <laughs> Persona 5. And at the very end, they're like, oh, by the way, we have Persona 5 that's coming out in 2014 at the end. Um, so that, that is coming. P5 is coming. PS3, yes, PS3. End of this year. But what was really interesting was some of the side games they announced. And two of those were Persona Q, Shadows of the Labyrinth, and Persona Dancing All Night. Yes, they are making a Persona dancing game. <laughs> it's for the Vita. And why I am super excited is because part of the team working on this also worked on the Project Diva games. So we're going to have a Persona music rhythm game on the Vita. Yay. <laughs> That's exciting. And especially because, I mean, Persona's long, for a long time been a game series that has had very, very good music. So there's a lot of really fun things they can do with that. Most surprising at all, well, I don't know. A Persona dancing game is pretty surprising. But they also announced Persona Q, Shadows of the Labyrinth, which is a kind of, sort of, Persona Etrian Odyssey crossover. And the biggest news of this is this is the first time ever that persona will be on a nintendo platform um the shin megami tensei games have been on nintendo platform before but persona itself has never so what this is going to be you're going to have persona three characters and persona four characters they're crossing over they're chibi-fied and it's going to play out like etrian odyssey you're going to do a lot of dungeon crawling map making things like that Excitement? Anybody? Yes. Me. <laughs> I think I'm more excited for Q just because I like the Etrian Odyssey games and I played those more and I couldn't really get into the Project Eva games. So Oh. Uh. But were you were you like were you like shocked by this announcement? Uh I mm, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess it's an odd crossover maybe, but I've never played a Persona game. So I'm not really invested in the series and that. So yeah, mm. I think the dancing one is a bit weirder to me than the dungeon crawling because it's already an RPG. But yeah, it's, you know, still a weird, weird direction to go in. I like it. I like crossovers. and yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, um, the Persona 1 and Persona 2... They they were games that actually were based around third person dungeon crawling. Or I'm sorry, first person dungeon crawling. So this is not weird for the series. Like it it's it's kind of weird in how it's being presented and how it's coming about, but the actual idea of a dungeon crawling persona 
um, that is perfectly aligned with what the series was originally. So mm. it's kind of like we're getting kind of like the old school persona, but in this new cutesy way. All right. So, um, so I'm excited about those. And there's another actually pretty big Japanese game that is coming out in English that I was not expecting at all. Speaking of surprises. And what are we getting? We are getting on April 11th, Disney Magical World, which is like a Disney World Animal Crossing type game, but you're playing as your me and you get to interact with all the Disney characters in, in Disney World. Or is it Disneyland? I'm not sure which one is in Japan, but one of, the, one of those. Well, uh, it's it's Tokyo Disney's. I don't know which. Oh, they don't have any. It's no land or. I don't world. think it has. Yeah, I don't think it has huh. a designation like that. Huh. I didn't know that. I know they have C, which is different, but. Hmm. Hmm. So, from what I understand, you interact with the characters in the park, and you're running a cafe, so you can maybe decorate your cafe or somehow manage the cafe in in Disney, and collect clothing and accessories and they're all based off of all the Disney characters so you can dress up like Mickey or Donald or whatever and there's something about some kind of gardening <laughs> going on in the game which I feel is a bit it is a bit odd like where is this garden in Disney World <laughs> but um yeah it, it looks super adorable the screenshots are really cute and I'll probably be picking it up because honestly I mean it came out in Japan at least a year ago didn't it and like it had no Ex- expectation whatsoever that was going to come over even though I guess you would think well Disney is popular everywhere so why wouldn't they bring it out but it just seemed like one of those things that they were going to pass on but yeah that was yeah, yeah no it's, 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 I, said, I, was, I was very surprised they announced this yeah will either of you be getting it <laughs> hmm. I just you know I don't I don't like Disney <gasps> really <laughs> I'm not a huge Disney fan. No, I I like some of their old school stuff, you know, like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. But you know, it's cute. Uh, but I wouldn't call myself a hardcore Disney fan or anything. So okay, just to let you know. So this game came out in the period of July 29th to August 4th in Japan. Oh. And as of October 28th to November 3rd. It was still in the top 20. Wow. It had sold at that point 305,000 copies, which is not, not bad at all for a 3DS game. I don't know if it was still on the list at this point or not. Um, okay, so as of December 30th, January 5th, so the end of the year, it was at 16th place um, on the Japanese charts. With four hundred eighteen thousand copies, so it's it said it's it's been on the charts for a long, long time in Japan. It was pretty popular over there. Well, it must be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you never know. Oh no, you definitely don't. <laughs> that doesn't mean charts, anything, charts, honestly. Yes. I mean, Christmas time, probably all the kids are like, "Mommy, give me Disney," you know, or something. <laughs> And people sometimes really love buying terrible games. That's true. But we're going to buy some good games because there's a <laughs> sale going on, Brian, that you found. Yes. Uh, on the eShop, 3DS eShop, 
uh, Natsume, I believe, is having, I think it's just a limited um, sale of $10 off the two Harvest Moon 3DS games and um, Hometown Story. So... Um... <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know. Are you, are you, are you, you're responding to hometown story, aren't you? Uh, how much? How much of it did you play? I've only played uh, an hour. I mean, I'm, and I will say, because <laughs> I really want to like the game, um, but even just in that hour, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to keep playing long enough to see if it gets better. I hate to say that. Well, because first of all, the game. Like, okay, playing this game, starting it off, is like if a black van drove up to you, <laughs> threw a hood over you, drugged you, and then when you woke up, you were in a desert somewhere with nothing <laughs> but your clothes. Like, that's how starting this game feels like. Yes. You feel like you've been thrown somewhere, and, and you don't know where you're at, and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, and you're, you're, you're scared. <laughs> yes i mean right i, I mean it's 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 just you don't it's 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 they're they don't explain very much and they just throw you into the game right away i mean they do a very very quick job of explaining things but i will say i was startled at first where they literally you're like thrown into this shop and i think they say your grandma left it to you and now you get to run it <laughs> Um, and they're like, here, here's how you set up tables and throw stuff on the tables. And you're like, okay. And I think 40 minutes later or something, I was still restocking tables. And I'm like, is the day ever going to end? Yes. Do I, can I close the shop to take a breather? And, and so I had to actually go onto the internet and be like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Do I just literally, the whole game is me restocking the shelves? Because if that's the case. I ain't gonna keep playing. <laughs> no, but... I, I I did the same thing because I was just, I was so confused because I'm like, okay, I'm just running the shop right away. People are coming in and buying stuff. I, I I have to just keep doing this, and it's like this day has been ending. I don't know why, and I don't know like like you're you're sitting there like, am I missing something <laughs> that I'm supposed to be doing to make this all stop and and yeah go out? And then the the answer when you find out the answer is just you just leave your shop. Yeah, and, and you just leave people like lined up in front of the counter, <laughs> and they'll either wait or they'll leave, right? Yeah, you have like this line of like three people, and you're like, I'm sorry, I, I, I like, I'm gonna go out for like two hours. I'll be back if you could just stand here <laughs> in line till I get back. I would really appreciate that. I, it's you know what though, I will say it's too bad because even though I thought before I bought it that it. I didn't. I wasn't so sure about the even the aesthetics. I thought it kind of looks like a cheap mobile game. But I will say, like in person, I liked it a lot more visually than I thought I would, which is why it's. I feel bad that I don't know. I mean, I'm going to force myself to go back to it and play it longer because I just need to find out if there's more to it. But first impressions were not very good. No, I feel really bad. Yeah. Because I was. I've I've met the guy behind this game a number of times. He's such a nice guy. He really is. And and like I feel like he cares about making good games. And I mean the guy brought us Harvest Moon. I love Harvest Moon, you know. And I was just so excited because he's like, Yeah, I want to make a game that's more about relationships and getting to know people and things like that. And so 
And, and you know, I love supporting Natsume because they're just this little company that somehow has survived since the days of the NES, and I don't know how they've done it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happy for them, and so I'm like, I was just really excited for this game to come out, and then I was just so saddened by what I played. Because it 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 feels almost like the best way I can explain it, it's like it feels like a like a dollar ninety nine iPhone game kind of thing. Mm. Where you feel like you have a company like you, you know, or, or a developer who's they're kind of just starting out and they, they have this interesting idea but they just don't know how to execute it. And just the entire time I played, I mean I've only played maybe like five hours or so, but oh. I just I never felt like uh, like it's weird. Like this feels like the game I would have played before Harvest Moon. I I think, mm. not the game after. Like this long after. Well, it to me it kind of reminds me of like when you try to describe to either a non gamer or someone who isn't into games like Animal Crossing. When you try to describe Animal Crossing to them, this is what they think you're talking about. <laughs> right. But there was just no. It was just kind of busy work, and there was no real. I don't know. I don't know if charm is the right word, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. I'm going to make myself go back to it. <laughs> and and th- did you did you pay full price for this? I did. Because the game's 40 bucks. Yep. And that's way too much. I got a little stuffed animal with it. Yeah. <laughs> They're very good about the little stuffed animals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking right now. I'm, I'm, I see Hometown Story. And I see Harvest Moon 3D, The Tale of Two Cities. But the problem is the one I really, really want, A New Beginning, I'm not seeing. Oh. I don't know if it's on on sale yet, maybe. Oh, Oh. I'm very... Sorry, folks. And so, okay, so Devil Summoner Soul Hackers is 20 bucks. I could be wrong. Um... Definitely, please buy it before you buy <laughs> Hometown Story. Uh, Code of Princesses, nineteen ninety nine. Not not a bad old game. Etrian Odyssey four in nineteen ninety nine. So you have you have three twenty dollar choices versus the thirty dollar on sale thirty dollar Hometown Story. <laughs> so I do not mean to keep Ooh. kicking poor Hometown Story when it's on laying on the yeah. ground, but <sighs> don't get that one. Um. And you brought this up, so do you want to get this <laughs> off on the very lighthearted topic of censorship? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot lately because there seems to be a lot of instances that that popped up over the past couple of weeks after the holidays. Um, so... The Bravely Default uh, demo came out in the U.S. It's been out. The game was released in uh, Europe and Australia in December, so I've been playing it. But for you lowly Americans, <laughs> North Americans, <laughs> you get the demo, and the game's coming out in February, I believe. But um, the demo coming out brought a resurgence of something that came up when the game came out in Europe, and I guess everybody passed over it because they're like, oh, Europe, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so the, the deal is in Bravely Default, there are a couple of... Well, the game is um, very much like Final Fantasy V where you change jobs and when you change the character's job they get different abilities and they get a new outfit. So you can be a black mage and you got the little black hat or you can be... 
I don't know, a warrior type character with the traditional, you know, knight outfit or something. And there were a few uh, job outfits that were a bit risque, I guess, and they decided to quote-unquote censor them for the Western release of the game. So one of them, the girl looks like she's wearing like just a bunch of belts strapped all over her <laughs> in the Japanese <laughs> version, and you can like see the skin between the belts. And so for the Western version, they just kind of colored in the skin so it looks like she's wearing a black dress that has belts all over it now. And then she, there's another one where they're like in little bikinis and they're wearing these really tiny little bikini bottoms that you can see they're like butt cheeks <laughs> hanging out. And keep in mind, these are like little chibi sprites and they <laughs> look like little children. So it's really odd to see butt cheeks on them anyway. But uh, <laughs> So they decided to make those into boy shorts. And uh, uh, the other censorship, I guess, that happened was they changed their ages from 15 to 18. Uh, so, yeah, there was that. Um, do we want to discuss that? You want me to talk about all of the instances that okay, I can well, think of? Um, <laughs> first of all, first well, of all wait, should we talk about, is this really censorship? I mean, I... I was just going to ask yeah, that exact question. I mean, people were jumping on immediately with their pitchforks and calling the censorship, but I see it more as Square Enix deciding that they want to change it because they think it will be received better by a Western audience if they make these artistic changes. I think this is localization. And sure, yeah, that's a better we, word. <laughs> we, we can we can dislike localization. That's fine. I don't know this is censorship. I feel like censorship is when you're you're saying there's something that wants to be expressed and you're saying no, you can't express it. Um or you know, I just I don't know. I don't know if I call this I think the closest thing to censorship would be the fact that they're changing the ages. But I didn't even know if that I would consider censorship. Yeah, I don't think so mm. either. Yeah, my but, impression of censorship is you really need a third party to say, no, you, we're not going to allow that. And, the you know, so then there's this kind of backlash or something where, you know, somebody wants to express something, but it's literally not allowed. You know, and we don't really know the goings on. Maybe Nintendo was like, "We're right. not allowed. This game cannot come out in the U.S. unless you do this." And even then, I don't know if I would call that censorship, or maybe yeah, I think localization is a good um, term. But I mean, you know, people are angry because they think if this these little things happen, then it could get worse. And I mean, you you look back to you know, games 10, 15, 20 years ago, and there was all sorts of weird stuff going on where they would take out crosses in games and weird, you know, a lot of religious references in the Shin Megami Tensei games and stuff like that, right? So, I mean, I think right. there's worse examples, but it's just that it's happening in this day and age, you know, and, but... Um, I, I... The, the age thing is kind of weird. Like, I don't know if there's anything in the game that's going on that really, like, demands that age change i've not played the game yet so i don't know like i don't know if there's any like weird sexual things or or whatever it's it's kind of weird for me to have square enix this day and age kind of change the, the the ages on them um but i have to say i like i like the new outfits better like looking at those other outfits they were just so skimpy in weird ways that i like 
how they look. Yeah, I would agree, now. honestly. But I mean, can you, that, that's the one thing that I feel a little conflicted about is like, just because I'm okay with it, <laughs> you know, like I like them better, so I'll let it slide because, you know, it's okay with me. Whereas the, the other example is in the new Chibi Robo game that came out on the eShop, they apparently removed a cartoon butt that was on a can. Like, it's so totally random. <laughs> they decided to take the butt out. And to me, that seems dumb and weird you know so maybe some people are like <laughs> these people that like Senon Kagura are gonna say well we want to see the ash cheeks and you know in uh, <laughs> bravely default so maybe it depends on your your personal values a bit whether you're cool with this or not I I, I think Nintendo of America just has it's really conflicted at times on what it should do on things like like they seem still strangely puritanical about some things and mm. that butts heads with what nintendo of japan does at times um because i don't know if either of you saw this but in pokemon x and y there's a character where if you if you read what she's saying she's basically telling you the fact that she's transgender oh yeah yeah i mm. saw that yeah um and in the English version, the the way she says it, if you don't really know what the original Japanese was, um, you can kind of not ever pick up on that, you know. So in that point, it's just that the they could be ambiguous enough in their translation that they left that reference in, where if you know the steps to connect, you would understand it, but normally you wouldn't. Um, but whereas there's another trans character, I think her name was Vivian in was it Paper Mario, um, where they they changed it enough that you you wouldn't really know if you didn't know the full story of that character. Um, and, and there's plenty of other examples too of, of where Nintendo's kind of gotten America's gotten really weird about translations. And they're they're the, are they are they actually handling the translation for Bravely Default for us? Uh, I don't know. know. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I would be inclined to say they might be. Because I'm pretty sure they're they're the ones who are publishing it, from what I understand. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if they're handling the translation or not. So if they were, I wonder if that would affect at all, kind of the the age thing and stuff like that. Like I wonder if they said, look, if we're publishing this under our name, you have to change the characters' ages. Hmm. Yeah. Something I don't know. That like makes me wonder about you know how they're gonna handle something like Bayonetta, <laughs> you know? Now that that's coming <laughs> out on the Wii U, like are they gonna do weird things like, well, you know, that's too sexy, but they seem like they're constantly trying to juggle this all we're all of our stuff's for kids, but yeah. we want adult gamers to like our systems too, so that, we better put Bayonetta yeah. on it, you know? <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. I think they have a kind of understanding I think with Nintendo it's one or the other. It's it's either it has to be friendly to everybody or we understand this is a mature game, like like a Resident Evil right. or something like that. I think they, would, they wouldn't touch. But I think as soon as it doesn't have that distinction of being a mature audience game, that they want to be just super careful about what's in the game. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. Like, like the age difference is weird. I like that they like the new costumes better. 
and I don't know this is censorship. It's kind of like my, my thing. But what was the other thing that was going on? Oh, the chibi robo. Oh, but. yeah. But you know, right. that, that's right. now that we, we missed something a little bit earlier, so I'm going to bring it around, but it, this isn't exactly censorship, but so we were talking about Senran Kagura, and, you know, Senran Kagura Burst, the 3DS game that came out in English, is going to be coming out in Europe, and they're actually going to have a physical release of it where they only released the eShop download in the US because they thought it was a bit too risque to put on shelves. But Europe is like, oh, yeah, we love risque stuff. Let's put boobs on the cover, <laughs> you know? So on one hand, we've got these, you know, they're removing butt cheeks and things. And then we've got stuff like this. And it just seems so conflicting and weird to me. I know it's different companies and all of that, but just... Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, if you look at the European art for Senran Kagura Burst, it, it doesn't... It's not shy about letting you know what its main theme is. <laughs> now, I haven't seen this cover. Let's so find it. It's, it's interesting. It's, first <laughs> it's like even more sleazy than the Japanese cover, which is funny. You know, oh. they like went all out. It, it's, yeah, very odd. Actually, the Japanese cover is very tasteful. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> oh yeah, with, with oh, the, the one where she's sticking the, the scroll yeah. in her cleavage. Yeah. Yes, yes, with the the largest anime breasts that have ever uh, you know have ever been concocted. I think. <laughs> I I don't know about that. I've, I've, I've <laughs> there are big. Okay, okay, I'll take her. There are. Bigger. Yeah, we don't want to um, go there. <laughs> no, it's it is funny. Like it's funny how often I, anymore. Like we get the digital version, and Europe gets like a physical release or something. Yeah. Like it's like companies are like just scared of American store shelves. I don't know. Uh, and the last, but certainly not least, we go back to Anne because she has a little something special going on this month. Yeah. So I wanted to tell everybody about my special um, Falcom Month festivities that I've got going on. I had this idea. Well, actually, I should credit Kimimi. Uh, she does a blog and is on Twitter, and she was talking about how she had all these ease games that she needed to catch up on. They were in her backlog, and I said, yeah, you know, I got a lot of games by Nihon Falcom. This is a Japanese developer that I haven't, you know, gotten around to playing, and a lot of people say they're really quality games, and I thought, you know, we should just set some time aside and play all of them. So that kind of spurred this little event I uh, decided to call it a community game along and the, the idea is that everybody just plays uh, games by this developer Falcom during the month of January and tweets about it or writes about it on their blog and every week I'll do a little roundup post where I talk about what everybody's been playing and it's kind of the idea is to get people to notice you know some lesser no games I mean Nihon Falcom isn't all that big in the west even in Japan, I mean, they've been around since, well, forever. <laughs> Not forever, but they, you know, they've been around a long time. They do the E series. Um, what else have they done? Uh, the Heroes, uh, Sora no Kisaki, those Kisaki games, I guess is what they're called. And, um, oh gosh, help me, Dragon Slayer. I don't know, lots of games. They even did <laughs> um, Gurumin on the PSP, which I find really funny because yeah. it's a totally random thing. So they've got all these titles in their... Uh, library and a lot of them are available in English so yeah you know 
you two should play a Falcom game. I know neither of you have yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, you're saying I have never played a Falcom no, game? No, in January for Falcom. Oh, okay, okay, okay. For the event. Okay. <laughs> well, I do I do have Ease uh, Salsedia or Salsetta sitting here needing to be played. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I'm playing that right now, actually. I could I could play that. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. it's just a fun little thing, you know, to get people talking about it and hopefully it'll I think I'm going to try to do next month and have a different theme and listeners can have a sneak peek. Uh we're going to do I'm going to do dating sims, I think. Not specifically oh. Otome games and not you know, not any specific type of dating sim, which is dating sims in general and there are tons, but you know, for Valentine's Day and everything, I thought that would be fun. So yeah. So do you have like a website that people can go to? Yes, you can go to chick-pixel.com and all of the stuff is there. Um, what... Spell that for people just in case they need it. Spell. Okay, it's c-h-i-c-p-i-x-e-l.com and everything's there. Awesome. Yeah, so, oh, and if you're on Twitter, you can use hashtag Falcon Month. I smushed it all together because I'm really savvy with that. <laughs> so it's F-A-L-C-O-M-O-N-T-H. And there's a lot of people who have been getting into it. I'm really happy with the reception so far. We got people tweeting, you know, screenshots. They're saying, oh, I'm playing this right now. And it's just, I, I find that I'm more inclined to stick with something if more people are involved. So kind of chatting with everybody about, oh, how's the game you're playing going type thing is... A lot of fun. You got people from from five hours ago, six hours ago, six hours ago, eight hours ago, 11 hours ago, 12 (laughs) hours ago. A lot of people tweeting (laughs) this. Well, I don't know, a lot. It's not just like me tweeting (laughs) this one hashtag, (laughs) which is good. I I wasn't going to say that it was all you. I was trying to like, you know. Make it sound bigger than it was. No, there's a lot of people tweeting about this. Yeah, it caught on. I mean, I think a lot of the, the retro kind of game bloggers have really gotten into it, so... Because, see, I saw Falco Month, and I was like, oh, I love Rock Me Amadeus. I'm just like, awesome. <laughs> but now I'm kind of disappointed. There's Falcom Month. Uh, I'll join in next month, I promise. Okay. Well, yeah, you have plenty of time to prepare now. You're at two weeks to figure out what well, you're going to Well, been, I've been meaning to buy Sweet Fuse, so I will buy it. Oh, Ooh. lovely. Because I need a new PSP game, so... <laughs> Speaking of what we've been playing and what we've been buying, this is the section of the podcast that we call cheerleading. And as always, our head cheerleader is Anne, and she is going to tell us in her uh, smart yet sassy way what she wants to cheerlead. (laughs) You know, when I was in elementary school, I was always the tallest, so I got put at the end of the line. I think I kind of prefer that now. (laughs) I would rather be at the end, you know. Now it's like a bit scary going at the beginning. But back when I was in elementary school, I said, no, I don't want to be at the end. But all right, I'll go. I'll take the helm. Um, So we actually already mentioned this game earlier, uh, but I'd like to mention... Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale, which I played over the break, and it's a great little game for the 3DS. You can get it on the eShop, and it's by Millennium Kitchen, the folks that did the Boku no Natsuyasumi games, which unfortunately none of those ever came out in English, so this is like the closest thing you'll ever get in English, probably, (laughs) since they're not really making those anymore. Um... 
I just love how how sweet and quirky and genuine Attack of the Friday Monsters is. The atmosphere is wonderful. <laughs> Even the opening sequence, they have a little theme song where this woman's singing in Japanese and they're showing you the town and it just like it felt nostalgic to me even though I never lived in Japan you know I didn't grow up in Japan but just it kind of a rudimentary uh what would I say comparison would be you could say that Attack of Friday Monsters is kind of a game version of a Ghibli movie to me a bit it, mm-hmm. it has a lot of the feeling that you get from a Ghibli movie, not like Nino Kuni. We're not we're not talking about Nino Kuni. <laughs> so this is the real Ghibli game, I think. <laughs> um, it's, so it's a lot of just you're a little boy. You're running around the town, um, picking up these kaiju uh, trading cards and battling other kids and running around the town trying to figure out where these monsters come from because the monsters regularly appear they supposedly they come up every Friday and in this town and have a battle so yeah I just you know it's only a few hours long and it you wouldn't some people don't like the fact that there's not a lot of gameplay but I think I just like experiencing the atmosphere and the music the music's great i think i'm gonna buy the soundtrack honestly um so yeah and i unfortunately i think the sale is over but it was on sale i'm sure you could get it on sale again sometime that, that, that's when i got it yep what's on when it's on sale. yeah so yes and i know brian you've played this as well right yeah i i picked it up during the sale too and uh i just i think i just stopped playing it last weekend i really liked it Basically for all the same reasons. I mean, um, it's funny, I can't imagine disliking it for lacking in gameplay, but, you know, I guess. <laughs> well, I was just, yeah, Today. doing a little bit of research, you know, to figure out the names of the characters and things before the podcast, and I saw, yeah, some comments on some reviews, and people were like, oh, the card game is boring, and it's like, well... <laughs> oh, I liked it. Yeah, huh. it's cute. It's funny, I, I, for some reason, I think, I think someone had suggested that it was easy to be spoiled on the game or something. So I really didn't read a ton about it, other than I knew everybody loved it before I bought it. Um, and I didn't really even know the card games were in there. So when I first when I came around to it, I was like, oh, cool, there's a card game. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, even if it was just the running around talking to people, I still think that would be fun, honestly. It's just yeah. the characters are really colorful and it's well written. The localization's nice and, yeah, just the atmosphere is great. And I'm I'm just I'm just so happy that a game like this came over. I mean, yeah. I would never have thought the the guild O one and guild O two games would come over. And yeah, like I think all of them. I mean, I've only played Liberation Maiden, Crimson Shroud, and Arrow Porter so far, but they're all kind of games where like I can't say oh they're absolutely fantastic, but they're like I'm really glad I had the chance to play this. Yeah. yeah. And also, you could, like, especially with this one, it lasts three, four hours, maybe longer if you want to get all the cards at the end. But, I mean, you can see why it couldn't be a packaged game on its own. It has to be a digital title. But, um, I don't know. I thought I just thought one thing that was really cool about it is that I hope developers and publishers see this is a game that seems to be set in, like, 1970s Japan, almost. Um, and, like Anne said, you feel nostalgic for what's going on even though I have no 
experience <laughs> from you know living in Japan period, but especially in 1970s or 80s Japan. So, but it still made me feel nostalgic for it. So, I don't know. I wish it would prompt developers and publishers to think just because a game seems too exotic or you know Japanese or whatever to maybe still give it a chance because. I don't know. I think we can still enjoy it. It doesn't have to necessarily be North American or something. Mm. Yep. Um, uh, if that's all you have to say, Anne, do we want to go to Brian? Yeah, or? yeah. I think I've said okay. my piece. <laughs> well, so mine is not a niche niche game, I have do you, to admit. Do you know what podcast you're on, Brian? I know, <laughs> but at your look, here, here. The, the reason I had to go with it is that I, like I said earlier, before we started recording, um, I'm playing a bunch of games, and like most of them, I either, I kind of felt like I'd talked about Attack of the Friday Monsters a lot, so I didn't really want to talk about it, and the one I'm going to talk about, I'm just enjoying so much that I want to cheerlead for it. So even if it's not a niche game, you can dock me points later. <laughs> uh, but I'm talking about The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Um, which actually, you know, now that you think about it, like the way Nintendo's going and the series is going, maybe it will be niche in a few years. But, um, um, but anyway, and the reason I want to talk about it is that I'm really enjoying it. And I'm someone who, like... I don't really have much interest in the Zelda series anymore. I'm kind of like you guys, you know, like people who don't like Mario so much anymore. Like, the last time I was interested in Zelda was Ocarina of Time. The first time it was released or, you know, I was kind of interested in Wind Waker when it came out. But I don't really pay attention to the series. I wasn't planning on buying this game. Um, I actually got, like, a someone who likes my blog sent me a free e-card and I was like, hey, I'm going to use this to buy this, you know, a link between worlds because I'm on the fence about it. And I don't know, I am just having the best time with it. I didn't, I, I think I've played seven hours so far. I'm not stopping. Um, and it's, it's funny to me how it's this game, how when I saw screenshots of it, I thought, my God, is that an ugly game? And when you play it, it's actually very appealing and charming and attractive and it feels really good and fun and I don't know I just really enjoyed it so far yeah I I I have not played myself I have a copy sitting here from work that I borrowed that I need to really get, sit down and play but um what I was worried at first because when you first see it, it it's going for that link the Link between no, that's a link to the past. Link to the past, kind of style, but it it looks like something's kind of off about the graphics. Like it just doesn't look right to me when I first saw it. But kind of the more you look at it, the the more you get used to it, and the more it makes sense. And I've just heard nothing but good things about this game from everybody. Yeah, and and I honestly don't know if it's just being on the 3DS screen. I don't know if it's things are moving, but I swear when you're playing it on the 3DS, you actually. I, I keep telling myself, like, oh, this, you know, I'm in uh, the alternate universe right now, and I just love every, like, the houses and the the alien-looking trees, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's surprisingly appealing in person, and and also I think what I really like about it is it really does feel like you're playing a link to the past, but like updated. So it still feels like old Nintendo, but. It doesn't feel like you're literally playing like a 3D version of Link to the Past, or at least it doesn't to me. Maybe other people feel differently, but 
And and Link to the Past was the last time I really, really enjoyed a Zelda game. Yeah, probably me too. So. So I would say if you're on the fence and you, you know you've had any enjoyment with Zelda in the past, I think it's definitely worth picking up because I had I thought I would hate it. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, then for me, I sometimes have the chance to play games before they come out because of my job, which is always fun. And that's something right now because I am playing the English language version of a little game called Danganronpa, which I believe we talked about last episode. I think so. In some form or another. So this is by Spike Chunsoft, and the concept is you are one of 15 students who have been kidnapped and locked into a school. And the rule is you can graduate, and graduate means you get to, to leave the school, but in order to do that, you have to kill one of your fellow classmates and then get away with it. So the game's kind of broken up into, into three different pieces. There is the portion where you're going around and talking to your other students and you get to spend time with them. And you can give them a gift, which helps um, increase your your kind of social link with them. Then there will inevitably be a murder of some kind. You find a body, and then you go into the investigation of who died, how they died, what clues can you find. And every clue you find becomes what they call a truth bullet, which you then use in the last section, which are the courtroom scenes. And it's interesting because it's kind of like almost a little bit like a Phoenix Wright-y kind of segment. But so you go in and you have the 15 students there. And the rule is if the – they're called the blackened. If the blackened, the, the person who, who killed somebody else, can convince or can, can make it so that everybody votes for somebody other than themselves – then they get to leave the school and everybody else in the school is killed. <laughs> if the students can figure out who the blackened is, then that person is killed and all the rest of the students get to live on for another day. <laughs> so you go in and, and it starts off kind of easy and like, okay, we're going to put, you're going to give you one truth bullet. And so let's say you found on the body, let's say you found that they, their hands were covered in blood. So it says like, you know, Hands covered in blood is a bullet. And they present a little like segment where the students are talk, kind of talking back and forth, but some parts of the text are highlighted orange, meaning that might be a possible contradiction in their statement. And so if they say something like, um, like one student says, oh, their, their hands were totally clean. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's not right. Cause you know, you found the, the, the dead body had blood on their hands. So you have a little like kind of almost like a first person shooter crosshair so you put that over the statement that that's incorrect and you shoot the truth bullet at that statement. <laughs> and then you say, no, you're wrong because they had, they had blood on their hands. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh, you're right. You know, and <laughs> so that kind of continues on, continues on the thing. But then they make it com more complicated where sometimes you'll have like three truth bullets at the same time to figure out which one to use on which statement. Or there's a really weird like music rhythm game where you're like – hitting buttons in time with the beat to to discredit what they're saying to you. Um, 
So yeah. it's, it's, it's a really interesting kind of complicated situation, but it's, you know, like a lot of Japanese games, it's a visual novel at its heart. So it's a lot of text, a lot of getting to know characters, a lot of storyline. And this is a really weird genre. Um, and people who don't play kind of Japanese games oftentimes don't understand them. But sometimes these games don't work because the characters aren't interesting and the text is just too long and it's kind of boring and dry and everything. But Dalekon Ropa works just so well because it's got... When, when you first meet these 15 characters, like, you you kind of already expect that you know where they're going to be going. You're like, okay, there's these, the anime tropes. You've got the the kid, the guy from the powerful family who thinks he's he's all that, you know. You've got the the upbeat, ganky uh, sports girl. You know, you, you've got the, the, the cool girl who knows everything. You've got the, the super fat otaku guy who who is into 2D girls instead of 3D girls, you know, you've got like all these kind of character tropes that, that you're used to. Um, and in some ways they kind of stick to them, but in other ways, like they, there's like really interesting personality that comes about all of them. And they just, they're all like, I don't think there was a character in the game I didn't like. Um, and the game is not shy about killing people. <laughs> And having some kind of brutal things go on. And just by the nature of the storyline, you have to end up having characters kind of betray you. And it, it can be tough when that happens because you have these characters that like certain ones that you're really getting attached to. And and the whole idea is you're having to put your faith in these characters in order to find out what's going on and, and, and survive all this. But then you have some some characters that will end up betraying you. And it's it's really kind of tough, rough to go through that. Um, and I think more so than a lot of games recently, this is one of those games where you just, you have to keep playing. You have to keep knowing what's going to happen. And they do a really good job of keeping everything going. So kind of the free time you have to talk to other characters and and spend time with them and and kind of grow your relationships, you don't get much time for that. So you do that and you kind of concentrate on that real for, for a day or two in the game. And then somebody dies, and so you have to go around investigating. But investigating never takes a super long time. And then you get to your trial, and the trial is very fast-paced and action-y. So it's it's keeping everything moving at a really good pace. And and I'm not all the way through it yet, but they've done a really good job about having each chapter kind of logically build the story up, but build the story up in ways that you might not always be expecting. You know, with a game like this. I mean, it's weird because this is like kind of very... I almost feel like stereotypical kind of story for Japan. Um, hmm. Like the the recent um, Virtue's Last Reward on Vita was kind of the same thing. You had you had a group of people stuck somewhere where the the, the job was to betray each other in certain ways. Hmm. And you had this really cutesy mascot character who was wanting to kill you all. You know, because in this game it's it's a half black half white bear called uh, Monokuma. Um. So I feel like this game like appears a lot in Japan, but they just they're they're really good about finding ways to make it different and finding ways to have drama that just sucks you in and keeps you going. Uh, so like I said, I haven't beat it yet, but I'm absolutely loving it. And this was one of those games that I thought would never come out in in America because it came out on the PSP originally, and it was just there's a lot of text to go through, you know. Um, and I just didn't think we we're gonna get it, but 
thankfully, NNS America, they're bringing it over here. We're getting it, I think, is it next month? Yeah. Maybe the 11th or so? I'm not certain, but if you're looking for something different, especially if you're if you're a Vita owner and you're wanting new Vita games, I would really be on the lookout for this if you like this kind of stuff. And I know, like, I'm a Hakuoki fan, but I think Hakuoki, Hakuoki can be a little bit dry because it's just a lot of reading. It's a lot, a lot of reading. <laughs> So this is more like the virtual last reward where you're, you're, you're moving around. There's the 3d world you move around in. Um, you're finding things, you're talking to people, you're, you're doing actiony kind of stuff. You have the courtroom scene. So there's a lot going on. So don't be afraid of the reading, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's what I'm playing. And I'm, I'm said, I'm absolutely loving it. It's like just so, so good. I'm jealous. You get to play it early. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for it to come out. Some other people are jealous as well. Um, but no, I'm glad because you, you know you know what happens, and I'm sure we all do this. There's those games that you see in Japan, and you're like, that looks so awesome. I want to play that. I really want to play that. And you're, you're waiting, you're hoping, and you're praying. And <laughs> finally somebody says, we're bringing it to, to English. And you're like, yes, I've been so excited about this game. I can't believe it. And then you play it, and you're like, meh, okay. <laughs> you know, like like there's that just, it's it's inevitable. At some point, you're going to find those games that just, do not live up to the hype. Um, this one definitely does. And I'm really glad because I said there, there were, I, I was so much in love with the PSP. So there were a few games that I really, really wanted in English. This was one of them. And I'm so happy that it did not turn out to be crap. <laughs> oh, just a little clarification though, before we move on. So Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm asking, um, it, it's for the Vita. Yes. But I thought in Japan they came out with the Vita version that was both the first and second game. So, yes. Yeah, so, this is actually only the first okay. game. Okay. That's a shame. The Vita version. <laughs> it, it is. I think it might have just been too big of a project. Yeah. But they're, they're like, okay, you know, let's just try the first game and bring it out over here. I would say, I, I think the problem is, uh, so my save game corrupted <gasps> at a certain point. And unfortunately, for some reason, my PS Plus backup had not backed my save up. Oh, no. So I lost about a week's worth of progress uh, of playing like off and on during that week. So I had to go back through and and replay sections. So I kind of went faster through them. But I think like at this point right now, I think my clock's between about 15 to 17 hours. And... I feel like I'll end up around 20 hours by the time I finish it. Unless unless the last chapter is like really short. So I would say you're you're still getting like 20 hours of gameplay. At least. Depending on how, how fast or slow you go through it. So I, I don't feel like we're missing out on content. But it is a shame because yes, in Japan, this, the Vita version brought together both of the PSP games into one package. Um... So on one hand, it is it is kind of a shame that we're not getting both like they did. But on the other hand, I would not feel like you're missing anything. Like I said, if if you're into Virtual Last Reward, this feels like a similar chunk of game. This that you're 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 not it's not kinda of like where well to be fair, I mean I don't know if this is sure, but I feel like it's not kinda of like Persona Two when we got that where the two games were really, really meant to go together and they was kinda of weird to have one stand on their own. 
uh this the first game was meant to stand its own from the from the beginning so don't feel like you're kind of losing out on something Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted a reaction. Yes, that's fine. Nope, I just nope. thought it was I, weird I, I, because I, I didn't think that they had put a standalone version of the first game out on the Vita in Japan. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering they what, what happened. Yeah. So they literally just took the first game out and didn't bring over the... I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming in Japan it was basically just they had they made them as two separate games mm. and put them on one, one cartridge is what I'm guessing. Okay. That's all. I mean, that, yeah, that's I'm not. Process. I was not yeah. necessarily disappointed. I mean, of course, it'd be cool that we got both, but mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope. I hope. Look, if Hakuoki can sell well enough, <laughs> there are more versions of Hakuoki out here. Um, I really hope Danganronpa sells well enough that we get Danganronpa two. So. And I think they have. Haven't the makers at least talked about like they want to bring out the second one? And I don't think they've said you yeah. know they are, but I mean, I think that's at least hopeful. So. Sure. I would. I, I I talked to them at at TGS. I um, hung out with them. They were they were really excited about getting a chance to bring it out in English, you know. And I think it is just a case of just it just with the work involved in translating it and getting it brought over here. I think it made more sense to bring the first part out and see how it does than you know the time it would take to bring them both out. Yeah. And get that done. I think it just made more sense to bring the first one out. So. Okay. And now it's time for our last segment of the show. <laughs> we'll then be called the nichiest of them all. This is where each of us picks a game and we say it's title and the other two of us have to make our best guess as to what that game is and what it's about. And even though she hates it, <laughs> first up <laughs> is Dear Sweet Anne. All right. Well... Yeah, this is a hard one. It's getting prog- of course it's getting progressively harder to pick a game. I'm like, <laughs> what's what can stump them? I don't know. So yeah, I grabbed one this week, and the title is Animal Kingdom Wildlife Expedition, <laughs> <laughs> and it's for the Wii. <laughs> I feel like I've seen this. I love that it's such um, a generic title. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you can guess what kind of game it is, but it's so generic. <laughs> it's so creative. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Brian guess first. Oh. Um, I feel like I I feel like I might know this, but I don't know. So wait, it was Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Wildlife Expedition. Wildlife Expedition. Um. <laughs> oh. I am going as horrible as this is. I'm going to say it's a shooter, <laughs> like you know, with like where you use the the Wii's version of the uh, super scope or whatever they used to bring out, um, and you are, you know, in a wildlife preserve or something, shooting poor defenseless animals. Oh, it's horrible! <laughs> I can't believe you think I would pick a game like that. <laughs> <laughs> now. I have a feeling this is from from Natsume. I think Natsume brought this out to North America, and I like I'm picturing the cover where it's like cutesy little characters like in safari hats and you know, holding cameras on the cover. I think it's one of those games where you go around and they take pictures of wildlife in Africa. 
Oh, and I think it's by a Japanese company. Yeah, Sudoshi, you're spot on. <laughs> Am I really? Yeah, yeah, it is by Natsume. I'm looking at the cover right now. It has two cutesy <laughs> anime characters on the cover, and yes. one of them's holding a camera. <laughs> and um, yeah, so no, you don't shoot and kill the animals. You shoot <laughs> photos of the animals. And it's actually not in Africa. It's in a mystical island where they've collected oh. all these wonderful animals oh. for you to take photos of. So at the beginning of the game, you're you're flown over to this island where you can have a little safari and take photos. And it, yeah, so it's like a combination of, I would say, uh, you know, Pokemon Snap. And there's a little bit of like, um, what's it called? Fishing resort in there. In that... Mm. Just a tiny bit because you're you're walking around and you can wear costumes to trick the animals into thinking you're one of them. So there's like a lion mask and when you put the lion mask on, like the lions don't run away from you because obviously you're a lion <laughs> and you can blend in with them. So it's a bit, I mean, honestly, it's not the best game in the world, but I, I like it. I like these kind of cheesy, weird you know, it's not necessarily amazing, but you're you're taking photos of animals, and it's got like a little cutesy robot thing that tells you trivia about the animals and about the the weather and stuff. And you'd be like, "This is a monsoon. We're getting rained on right now." <laughs> it's like, "Thank you, cute little robot." Uh, <laughs> And there's a weird scientist guy, and you bring your photos to him, and he rates them. But like, it's not very clear how he rates them. So, <laughs> so you just bring him these photos, and you're like, "This is crap," you know? And you're like, "Oh, that was really good, though." Um, yeah. So the the only thing that maybe is unique about this one is that you're you're driving around in a safari, you know, uh, car, and you look around, and like bushes will be shaking. And you'll be like, oh, there must be an animal there. So you actually have to point the Wii mode at it. And then you click on that, that shaking bush to get out of the car to take a photo. You can't take a photo while you're in the car. <laughs> and also, like, it, it, you don't see the animals while you're in the car. So you see a shaking bush. And then it's like, oh, look, it's a giraffe. It's like, how on earth would I not be able to see that giraffe from the car? <laughs> but it's, it's really goofy and funny. So if you like kind of the, the camera, you know, photography games, it's like $10 on Amazon right now. I just checked before the show. So it's, it's goofy. And yeah, hmm. there you have it. So that's one point for you, Shidoshi, but no points for Brian. <laughs> well, Brian, it's your chance to stump us. So that's what you can do. Well, I have a feeling I might stump Anne and not Shidoshi, but we'll uh, see. I'm easy. Um, well, because it's going back a ways, and I know you don't always know some of the uh, like old, old games. Um, so I can't remember. I'll just tell you everything, and then I don't know if there's too much information. Um, this is a game that was released both for the TurboGrafx-16 and the PC Engine. Um, it was published by Atlas. I don't know if they made it or not. I can't remember. I think they did. Um, and the American name, which has actually caused me some problems today, because I've always assumed it was Somer Assault, but I think it actually might be Summer Assault is how it's pronounced. But anyway, it's S-O-M-E-R Assault. And it was for the TurboGrafx-16 and the PC Engine. And? 
Oh, you're right. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Summer Assault. Mm. Atlas. That's interesting, though. Actually, I didn't know Atlas dated back that far. <laughs> is uh, so. I, I'm. If it's Atlas, I'm inclined. Well, you say that you don't know if they developed it, but I'd be inclined to think it was some kind of RPG thing. But it doesn't sound like an RPG. So I'm gonna say it's a shmup. Like a shoot 'em up, your some kind of thing, you know, uh, shooting things. <laughs> because as a salt no, in the I'm... title. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. it has hey. salt. I am ninety-five percent sure that Atlas did not publish oh. it in America. Yo, you're probably right. Yes, because I don't think they ever did any because. There were very, very few publishers for actual Turbo games, um, yep. and I don't think they were ever one of them. Now, uh, the problem is, I, I'm almost certain I know that this is, but I am also worried I'm getting it mixed with a different Turbo game. <laughs> <clears throat> now, what I think it is, is it's like a, it's like a, it's a 2D game, and think of it as a maze with like ceilings and floors, and your, your little thing moves along either the ceilings or floors and the best way i could describe it would be like a slinky where it <laughs> it kind of like is closed and then to move you would like open it up and so kind of make it make an arch and then the, the the back part of that arch would then close up to the front part and then could like it could like a slinky over and over again and then you i think i think it was purple and you had like a gun in the midsection of it maybe so that you were kind of like navigating these mazes and there'd be enemies you had to shoot and stuff like that um i've never played it but i'm thinking that's what this game is that is pretty much exactly right yes (laughs) she's on fire (laughs) and so the the funny thing about it is you're right it's like it literally is a slinky with a kind of i mean it doesn't look like it has a gun on it but the midsection shoots in both directions um and you basically the stages are kind of mazes and you have to work from the beginning to the end where there's a boss and each of the, there are 12 stages and each of the bosses um are one of the zodiac symbols that have come to life basically so you work your way to the end and then you have a, a boss shootout with one of the zodiac symbols um anyway it's just a really strange game like the only you know kind of game that only showed up on the pc engine and it's like i actually completely suck at it but i still really like it because it's so unusual and um the graphics are interesting and you know you've got a little pink slinky so anyway i was was just gonna say that there's there's something about the turbo (laughs) that and and I and I, I to this day I feel really really bad because I had a huge collection, and I ended up just selling it all off. Yeah. Um, and because on one hand I can't I don't know if I like a lot of the turbo games, <laughs> but there's something about that system that it just had the weirdest most unique. Just most interesting library of like almost any console I've ever seen. Like it was, well, I me mean, because if anybody who d- didn't grow up 
in an era where they could have had a turbo, like, you just won't understand. But it was a weird, like, at this point, you have, like, Microsoft, Sony, and, and Nintendo, you know, the big three consoles, and all of them make sense. The turbo made no sense in America. <laughs> like, like right. in Japan, it was one thing, but in America, it was just so weird. And it was, it was, the closest I would say is, like, it's almost like if you go down to, like, the, the, the weird flea market and buy one of those, like, um, knockoff systems, <laughs> and it, it has, like, Super Martio Brothers, you know, <laughs> and The Legend of Zelda. Like, it had all so many games that you kind of felt like were inspired by other games. Like, you know, you had Newtopia, which, of course, was Zelda. Um, you had Bonk, which was kind of like the the Mario or Sonic kind of mascot character game. You had, oh, what was it? Uh, not Bravo Man. Uh, Shockman was like the, the yes. Mega Man kind of rip. <laughs> like, there were so many games that, like, you felt like, I this is like the kind of generic version of a game I've another console has. But that's how it felt, I think, being an American owning a Turbo Graphics. It was just a really, really weird system and a really weird library. But they're fun. And, and, they're, and they're just like so quirky that you can't help but love them. Yeah. <laughs> so is this is this worth playing because i said i've never played it oh yeah um the only problem is i just realized early earlier that i don't think it is available like on the wii shop no. or anything um so you'd have to either go and buy a pc engine or turbo graphics on the game but you can also do emulation i guess yeah. um this is actually one of the i bought the japanese version when i went through my little ebay phase at christmas time so um, anyway, I would definitely say it's worth checking out. It would be interesting to see, I'm sure other people would be like me, where it's, it's a difficult, it takes a while to come to, um, get a feel for the controls, because it's just kind of weird moving the thing, but once you get a hang of it, 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 it actually is fun to, you know, move the slinky around and, you know, tr try to position it properly to shoot the things that are coming at you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. It's too bad it's not available digitally, but maybe yeah. at some point it will be. And, and those little game cards. I love the little game cards. Game oh, yeah. Cards? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, so my pick might be super easy. I don't know. I, I feel like I might have gone wrong this time because hmm. I forgot to make a pick. And so I was like trying to think during the show of what, what to pick. Um, and I didn't get this in the heyday of this game. I got it later. I got it super cheap on a trip to Japan. Uh, my game is for the PS2 and it is Super Galdelic Hour. Oh. That's the North American name? That that is the Japanese name. Oh, they're they're. Oh, I I I cheated. Yeah, you cheated. It doesn't matter. I was gonna say. I Come cheated. On I cheated. <laughs> well, too late. I'm disqualified. <laughs> All right, I'm disqualified in this game. So, um, oh. nobody wins. But I'm gonna make you guess anyway. What what was this game? Can you say it again? It's super. Yep. Galdelic hour. Galdelic hour. Who, can you say who it was made by? I would tell you if I knew. Who it was <laughs> uh, okay, it doesn't matter. Well, wait, I mean, uh, who's Super who, who makes this? It's by Enix. Oh wow! Mm. 
Do you want to go first, Anna, or do you want me to go first? I have no clue, but I'll go ahead. I don't either. I'll go ahead and say, because it has Gaudelic Hour, right? Yes. Sounds like Gao, so it's a hostess game. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, where you like go to a hostess club and, you know, talk with the ladies, kind of like the the mini game portions in y- the Yakuza games. <laughs> I have no I have no idea by the way if it wasn't clear already. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Um I was actually going to say something pretty much the same. So to add, you know, add another option. I'm going to say it is some sort of like talent competition, but it involves women obviously because of the gal delic. <laughs> In the hour, you know, like a, a variety show, talent show thing. Well, I would, I would say Brian is the closest in this one. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna read you <laughs> the the giant bomb right up for this game because it's all of one sentence, <laughs> but it's all the information they have, and it says four animals turned into <laughs> a busty women. Then these four busty women play mini games. <laughs> wow. So it's it's four girls um and they're they're dressed they're so each they're they're four animals. There's a there's a, a fox girl, a cat girl, a bunny girl, and a bear girl. And they're in a space station. And they're they're in some kind of contest. And your the content is being like broadcast around the universe, and so you have ratings you have to keep up, hmm. and you can win money from your sponsors to buy clothes and accessories and stuff like that. And so you play games like like hip sumo wrestling, <laughs> where you try to like like push the other off of this little like floating thing with your hips, uh, or you play whack a mole or quick daw pie. Uh, you throw custard pies at each other. <laughs> you have go go rolling, um, s- rope jumping. You, there's a a game where you're chopping down a a tree with a big face on it. <laughs> um, it's just weird. It's really, really. It's one of those games where where the only explanation for it existing is either somebody's taking a lot of drugs or that it comes from <laughs> Japan. One of the two, <laughs> or both. Um, <laughs> yes, or or both. Um, it's for PS2. I said I picked it up just like because it looked so bizarre, and it was like that period of time when they had like a lot of these kind of like mini party game kind of things. So think of like Mario Party, but with <laughs> like half dressed women in it. Hmm. Um, it wasn't ending up being. Uh, I don't know if I could recommend it. <laughs> it's it's unusual, and if you're looking for really really unusual Japanese PS2 games. Uh, I think I got it for like three dollars at that point. Then maybe it's worth it, but um, this is what happens. I forget my game. I just go for last minute <laughs> pick, and I I screw myself and just get gets, just get disqualified. Well, we still learned about an interesting game. Well, interesting in air quotes, but you know. <laughs> yeah, look it look it up. It's it's G A L D E L I C. Like after the show, look it up and huh. um, watch a video of it. It's. <laughs> really really bizarre but you know what i think uh that's 
our show. Was there anything else we needed to talk about before we uh, say goodbye? I don't think so. I don't think we covered it all. So we're going to try, I think, to do a show sooner. Right? <laughs> than last time? Yes. Of course. Because we had three months. There aren't any holidays that are going to screw it up, hopefully. So <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have to make sure that's because it was it sixteenth. Uh, That'd be kind of close. After Valentine's Day, it'll be fine. Yeah, just not not on Valentine's Day. No, no, they'll get us all in trouble. Um. Well, it was nice talking to you two again. It was nice getting to do the podcast again. Hopefully, there will be a lot of fun niche news for us to cover for next time. Yeah, he's hoping. Uh, <laughs> but with that. For Anne and for Brian, I am Shidoshi, and this has been another super fun time, happy, niche episode <laughs> of the nichiest podcast ever.